The High Republic. It's a new era in Star Wars, and a new time period that has been fleshed out in the books and the comics. But it hasn't made the jump to the screen until now. With Jedi Survivor's release, we're seeing references, cameos, and a deeper look into the era. But what does this mean for the rest of Star Wars? And why aren't we seeing more Star Wars games? Well, we have some theories. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Let's jump in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. The High Republic. It was a big moment for Star Wars. This is honestly the biggest expansion of Star Wars since Disney took over. They got a bunch of the writers together. And everyone started brainstorming on what the next kind of era that they could expand into would be. Obviously, before Disney bought them, we had the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic, that whole era. But that's much earlier before the High Republic. So the High Republic kind of takes place between 500 BBY and 100 BBY. Yeah. It's kind of in that yeah. They realm don't have of time. it's around that time period. They don't specify it's exactly 501 BBY. No, it's it's a little bit hazy. Some stories are set 500 ish BBY. Some stories are set 100 ish BBY. Fun fact: in that in that time frame, 230 ish years before the Phantom Menace will be Acolyte. So that'll be our first big on-screen, like, Alex from Star Wars Explain likes to, to call it a funnel of Star Wars. You have the movies at the top of the funnel. You have the TV shows. You have the video games slash the animated shows. Then you have the books and the comics. Like, it keeps on going down in terms of, like, the most people are going to watch the movies. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to get to the TV shows. Most people will also watch the TV shows, but not as many that would go to the theaters to watch a Star Wars movie. Then you have the video games slash the animated series where they're kind of, like, in the same boat. And uh, depending on who you ask, there's different hierarchies for that. I, I would say the video games at this point are regarded a little bit higher in terms of the storytelling just from like a perception piece, a lot more people are going to be, okay, it's a video game. Those are big. We know that. Then, oh, it's just an animated show. Whether or not, I, I don't agree with that. I think animated show ha shows have some great bits and pieces. Bad Batch was incredible. But that's kind of the flow of things. And the High Republic is kind of doing this weird thing where it started way down at the bottom of the funnel mm -hmm. with the books and the comics. Yeah. And then we're seeing it expanded. So books, comics, then we're getting to the video games, and then we're going to get to the big screen or right before the big funnel with Acolyte. Mm -hmm. So we kind of already have a good amount of information about this time mm -hmm. period. And There's how... a crap ton of books, and it's set up in phases. It's like mm -hmm. the Avengers of Star Wars <laughs> in book form, okay. really. First off, let's talk about what this means for the galaxy. The High Republic is regarded as like the golden age of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. There aren't too many forces of evil against them. There are more Jedi at this time period than many other time periods in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Even when you go look at the prequels, like this is like their expansion period. Well. And when we see the Jedi in the prequels, we see them in a structured, mm -hmm. almost um, warrior-like position because mm -hmm. they are used in the clone wars and ultimately they're kind of like the generals of star wars yeah they're almost like head of security for the whole galaxy yeah. almost like uh -huh. <laughs> very yeah. interesting time it is and and in 
the High Republic, mm -hmm. we see them exploring, we see them wondering about what the Force is, like really expanding yeah. on what the foundation of the Jedi in the prequels will become. Mm -hmm. And we see... There, there aren't a whole lot of big bads, but the oh, the one that like really takes place is the Nihil. And the Nihil are this group of marauders that are, they have these things called path engines. And path engines are, are a way for them to travel throughout the galaxy using very unconventional pathways through hyperspace. Hmm. And they are the only ones that can really do that because of the path engines that they use gotcha so it's is it more of a it's more than just a technology that they have or is i it, think it's, just it's technology. technology and knowledge mm -hmm. their base is uh, on one of those pathways through hyperspace that mm -hmm. no one can go to because it's not on a traditional hyperspace lane mm -hmm. and that's the, the Nihil are attacking those hyperspace lanes mm -hmm. and putting the expansion of the Jedi Order and the Jedi's exploration in risk. I haven't delved too deep into the High Republic material, mm -hmm. more so just researching that I can find online, watching videos, going to Wikipedia, and seeing kind of the broad strokes of things. It's something that I'd like to get to at some point, but it's a it's a it's a big deal it's getting into it. It's a big undertaking, yeah. for sure. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff. There's the comics, there's mm -hmm. the books, and there's tons of books. Like I said, there's different phases, and I just don't have a whole lot of time to read them, mm -hmm. but maybe I'll put them on, on audiobook and see yeah. if I can get through them that way, because there are most of them on audiobook. Yeah. I feel like the biggest intrigue that we have right now is because we're actually getting mm -hmm. some experience some experience with someone from this era in Jedi Survivor. Yeah, so Dagon Gera is the big bad in mm. Jedi Survivor. He is a High Republic Jedi Master that was going towards the dark side in the High Republic era. Mm. Santari Kree, who was a good friend of his, maybe even more than a friend, I don't know. Um, it was it looking that way. It doesn't seem like it really ever goes that far. Yeah. But it did kind of... There, there was some it, tension it, there. Been, yeah. There's yeah. a little bit of tension Even there. I've Romantic it, and I'm tension. mostly just like walking by and like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they are uh, good friends. And Dagon is obsessed with finding Tantalor, this mm -hmm. magical, mystical planet that is rumored to have treasure and be a safe space and he's obsessed with trying to find it because there's only a specific way that you can find it in the Kobo Abyss mm -hmm. and apparently they found a way to get to it but his obsession went too far and he started to go towards the dark side and went into the dark side but was stopped by Centauri Kree and placed in a back to tank and held in stasis for hundreds of years he was around 232 bby which we've been doing some digging and i believe that the phantom menace takes place around 32 34 36 that, that around that time bby hmm. 200 years before that is when acolyte takes place so yeah we've got the high republic which is this new era it's uh, a, a new playground for them to really explore and get into the weeds around why do you think that we're seeing it so much right now oh i definitely think it's just a new phase it's kind of the future of star wars i think we're getting mm -hmm. a taste of what they're thinking yeah um they being like the big head honchos at yeah. Disney and kind of just being like, nope, we want to kind of step away from this um, 
the Skywalker saga yeah. stuff. We're kind of wanting to step away. I mean, obviously, they are going to continue on mm-hmm. with, with Ray's Rey, story. But at the same time, I think they want to open up a new door mm-hmm. for more stories and different things and more continuation of Star Wars, yeah. even if it is in the reverse direction. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think you're right. I think we're going to see a broadening of the galaxy when it comes to Star Wars. We're going to see Jedi Survivor bring into play the High Republic. We're going to see these different eras start to interweave and start to influence each other and start to bring even more depth and detail into the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see a wider canvas than we've ever seen before when we look at stuff like the origins of the Jedi. And mm-hmm. we see even further into the future. And we see that time period that Dave Filoni is going to be working in. We see the Acolyte really expanding on the foundations of the books and the comics. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fascinating to see how these all come together mm-hmm. and really bring things forward. Hmm. So I personally am a huge fan of how Jedi Survivor is bringing the High Republic in because mm-hmm. you have this golden age of Star Wars bringing in bringing into the fray, but also showcasing the the fallen High Republic. The ruins of the High Republic on Kobo, these big research facilities that you can totally see were once huge, were once gorgeous, beautiful places to be mm-hmm. in the galaxy, a time of hope and exploration, and then seeing them kind of go way too far out. Mm-hmm. And start to crumble when it goes into the outer reaches of the galaxy. Yeah. I definitely think it's exciting. I mean, I for one, yeah, I'm just really excited mm-hmm. to see just new, new, just new yeah. um, costuming sets. Like, I'm just oh, I'm yeah. really, really excited to see this new perspective on Star Wars. Because mm-hmm. um, so far we've gotten just a lot of, like good versus evil and rebels and bad guys and grit and like Uh, we've got this like war so let's see this prosperity let's see what it was like at the height of things you know Mm -hmm. yeah i i i'm excited for that because i think it's something that we haven't seen a whole lot with when we see the prequels we see the edge of that we see we see some really pretty like pristine locations when we look at Mm -hmm. coruscant when we look at Naboo, when we look at all these different locations, we see some crumbling, but we don't see much of it. We see more the highlight of things where we see, yeah, they've had a period of joy, but it's starting to go into war with the Separatists and then the Clone Wars. What does that look like as we go into the Empire? And then we see, uh, there's always that quote with George Lucas of, oh, it's like poetry, it rhymes. I think we're going to see more of that, but in more subtle ways and more exploration with it. Like, okay, we're going to see this cyclical cycle of, okay, we see a rising force of good take over. And then underneath that, we see a side of evil. Once Mm -hmm. the evil takes over, we see, okay, they are at the height of the evil. And then we see the rebellion come up. And when, right. then we see the good guys come into play. And we keep this going. And they're inspiring each other. We're seeing, we, we saw that clearly in The Force Awakens mm-hmm. with Kylo Ren taking aspects of his character from Darth Vader and his first order. And his non-reliance on clones, and or not his non-reliance. He'd be totally down for clones. <laughs> but we see Hugson like, no, this is this is the height of of warriors. 
But then we see him make just a big Death Star. But it's an entire planet. And that is an homage to what we see in the original trilogy. The prequels took that into play of like, okay, let's set up these big ships and let's set up this character of Darth Vader. What does it look like to bring him into fray? Mm -hmm. And what does it look like for the rise and fall of the Republic and Palpatine's plan? Mm Mm-hmm. And then we see the rise and fall of the Empire. And then we see the rise of the Rebellion and the New Republic. And then the rise and fall of the First Order. I think we're going to see more of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, everything is a rise and fall. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm also just really excited to see Jedi mm-hmm. in a totally different way that we've ever yeah. seen them before. And I think that's probably what they're mostly wanting to experiment most mm-hmm. with, it seems. Well, yeah, we all wanted that. Oh, yeah. Like when we We're saw all... the Jedi uh, attack on Geonosis or mm-hmm. the Jedi battle with mm-hmm. all of the Jedi there, like, oh We're my like, gosh. okay, here we go. Yeah. yeah. No, we need more Jedi in our lives. Now, let's just be honest. We've been mm. getting a lot of soldiers and whatnot, but we need some Jedi content. Yeah, they were very much this hallowed thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So much so that when Jedi Fallen Order came out, Respawn had to fight for the fact that they wanted a lightsaber Mm Jedi-based game. They were pushed very hard to go in the bounty hunter Mm -hmm. realm. Like, no, you should do a bounty hunter game. No, we want to do Jedi. We still need a bounty hunter We we still do. But always here for the Jedi. The Jedi was something that was hallowed (laughs) and Respawn had to fight for to bring him into play. Mm-hmm. And I think it worked so well because we're going to see different aspects of the Jedi. We see Cal Kestis kind of like, he has Seer, of course, but he doesn't have a whole lot of guidance into how this new era of Jedi under the, the table run mm-hmm. as he's trying to fight the empires. He's trying to avenge his master and how he can bring down the empire in the ways that he can. Yeah, with Cal, there's so little of that almost religious Mm-hmm. Um, like he's trying, but right, he doesn't yeah. know if he's doing it right. Yeah, and he only had, what, the first 10 years of his life under mm-hmm. that? And now yeah. he's like 30, and so it's like... No, nah, yeah. he's not 30. He's 24, 25, something like that. Well, he he's, looks rough. He's It's been a rough five years, spirit. man. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the video games, mm-hmm. there is a gap when it comes to the video games. We had, a, we had Battlefront. Battlefront 2015 that came out. It was a supported game. It had a new DLC pack that was dropped every three months. We had the Outer Rim DLC. Then we had the Bespin DLC. Then we had the Death Star DLC. And then Rogue One Scarif. So we had these four tie-ins. And they spread out through that year after the game came out. Then the game ended in 2016. Late 2016. And we're like, okay, what's going to happen? Boom, January or February, something along those lines. They announced that there's going to be a second game. Comes out in 2017. That game launches to a lot of controversy. Hmm. Six months later, they make a big update to how things are working in terms of the progression system, which put them back. It took them six months, but it probably took them back a year in terms of what they wanted to bring at, uh, at that amount of time. They kept on continuing, adding updates, making things better adding more content, and then we see it get to a great spot. Like, okay, this could be the future of Star Wars games. They released the Celebration Edition, which you can buy and unlock everything. And then a few months after that, they say, yo, bro, we're not doing Battlefront anymore. And it was sad. Yeah. And uh, we took a break from the podcast at the time because we were doing the Battlefront podcast, and I got really sad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but ever since then, we've had a gap of content when it comes to online multiplayer mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Until you look at Fortnite. 
Fortnite has had more Star Wars expansions at this point, maybe than Battlefront, definitely what Battlefront uh, 2015 had. Mm -hmm. And it's getting to the point where it's closing in on Battlefront 2 in terms of the skins for sure. Yeah. Like they're bringing a whole lot of different experiences. And I think last year around May 4th, we got Darth Vader added to the game and added to the map where you could actually fight him. You could bring lightsabers. And then just recently, Fortnite was added. They they added another Star Wars thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they add this whole experience where you Mm -hmm. could go choose your teacher between Maul uh, was Obi-Wan and Anakin. Anakin. Anakin was definitely one of them. Anyway, you could go and get taught in the force and learn force, push, pull, and something else. Yeah. Anyway, you could learn three force things that you can use in game. Yeah. And get a lightsaber. In multiplayer. In multiplayer. And yeah. And it works because yeah. Fortnite is this massive sandbox of an experience. Mm-hmm. It brings in so many different references. When Avengers came out, they had an, an Avengers mode and you could get the Thanos glove and it was amazing. But they've done a really good job of tying in these experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think it just shows the lack of online multiplayer when it comes to Star Wars right now. Because it's such a rich location for storytelling and expansion and to give you something to do that is Star Wars Mm -hmm. that you get to have this growing expanse of. And if you look at what the money is bringing in in terms of probably how much money they're making off of Fortnite, I don't understand why they don't see, oh, hey, we could just do this ourselves and we could get all the money. Uh Uh-huh. Because it would work. Make a shooter. Bring in skins. Don't add loot boxes, but add a way for people to buy those skins. Mm -hmm. And then just keep on going. There's Mm -hmm. tons. Look at the customization that Cal has in Jedi Survivor. Seriously. You could add all of the different ponchos. You could have all of that stuff that give you different versions of your character. Don't make it canon unless you have a campaign. And then just make the campaign canon. Mm -hmm. And boom, you're ready to rock and roll. You have a massive sandbox that's available to you. But no. Not not right now, guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is interesting to me because I think EA in its most recent earnings call said that they are working on focusing more on that single player content. They're looking for ways to expand into single player across the board, not even just Star Wars, Mm -hmm. which there are tons of Star Wars games from specifically Respawn that are going to be brought into the fray when you look at, I think Respawn has a first person shooter that they're working on that's inspired by Knights of or Jedi Knight, Mm -hmm. Dark Forces or something along those lines. They have, I think, two real time strategy games that they're going to be expanding Mm -hmm. into on the Respawn collaboration front. And then Respawn's also got all the Apex stuff. And Apex is just a behemoth when it comes to revenue creation. You have all of these different pieces that come together. And when you look at Battlefront 2's campaign, while I disagree with some of the speed at which Iden Versio goes from the Empire to the Rebellion, it makes more sense if you read Battlefront Inferno Squad, the book, but you shouldn't have to read a book to really get the understanding of it. I have some, I have some issues in terms of how quickly she goes to the light side. But overall, it's a great expansion, and it, it's gone on to inspire some things with The Last Jedi and the movies, and has just been such a great force. I think we saw like five or six Iden Versios at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> yeah. And that was amazing to see. 
But like there's such an opportunity that you can have the benefits of a single player campaign and also the strengths of a multiplayer game in Star Wars. I think the only thing that we've got right now is like in, in terms of consistently updated Star Wars games that consistently add content is the mobile games Mm -hmm. and one of those isn't even fully out yet when you look at star wars hunters (laughs) that's still not out still not out oh my goodness i don't even think they've talked about it really i think they've added another update to it but they haven't it was supposed to come out last year yeah last summer it was supposed to launch and then it was going to be winter and now it's just it will come out at some point people are theorizing that it's because they're trying to release on switch at the same time and that adds some complexity Hmm. but it's so strange when you look at how they're in terms of not even just us as fans we want to see the story expanded we want to play as our favorite characters in a multiplayer setting we want to get this scale and experience and the consistency of like hopping on with your friends in star wars games Mm -hmm. when it comes to a multiplayer experience but from a business perspective it makes so much sense because you have galaxy of heroes which is racking in money battlefront 2 and battlefront 2015 brought in so much money i think together they had about like 35 million copies sold Hmm. like the battlefront series has 35 to 40 million copies that were sold that's a lot of games Mm -hmm. that's a big player base and then they released it for free on epic game store and then they released it for free on playstation months after they canceled it it's like come on guys like they if they had a monetary way to support that game they would have made bank Hmm. but they didn't have the vision to bring it forward so in your words by not having this Star Wars multiplayer online game, mm-hmm. we're missing out just on on what? Like what what would you say? Just Community fact- driven experiences hmm. and storytelling. Hmm. I met so many of my some of my closest friends through playing Battlefront twenty fifteen and doing the podcast. I had so many great experiences mm-hmm. through that. Battlefield as a franchise has done the same thing where I've met some really good people that I still talk to to this day through that experience. I've made tons of friends through Jedi Survivor now, Hmm. but it's not the same way. Now we just talk about Star Wars in general. We don't talk about the game itself anymore. Hmm. It's Hmm. more like, what do you think about this or this in Star Wars or like while we were playing the game obviously we're talking back and forth like sammy and i were talking about some of the story beats and that kind of stuff as we're playing through it and now it's gone into just talk about star wars in general Hmm. less so than bringing a constant hum of experiences and people coming back to a a shared experience when it comes to an online game Mm. gotcha that's the strength that star wars has in a multiplayer game Mm -hmm. some of my core memories as a gamer (laughs) come from playing battlefront 2 staying up late playing with my my brothers and my cousins waking up early and going to bed late playing battlefront Hmm. yeah i think that's something that i would love to see the next generation of star wars gaming fans Mm. to experience and to have and to bring into the fray Something that we can all rally around and enjoy. Just look at the the hum and excitement around Jedi Survivor. And that's a single player game. Mm-hmm. Imagine consistent updates to something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we have to have a Battlefront game anymore. Just something that is an online experience 
that is like a shooter or is something like that. Not SWOTOR because SWOTOR is completely different and it it's a smaller niche mm. when it comes to gaming. Yeah, for MMO sure. MMO players are way over here in their <laughs> hey, own little land. We're not way over here. You are. We're just over here. MMO <laughs> players just play MMO games. First person we don't shooter games. anything else. Exactly. <laughs> First person shooter gamers and players, they play a whole breath. They're going to play Call of Duty or um, Battlefield or Battlefront. Mm-hmm. And they're also going to play Jedi Survivor and single player games. Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be a lot more expansion there. I think it'd be great. I have a feeling that we're seeing this lack because we're kind of coming into new territory in star wars we are i mean the we're coming into new territory in the tv shows the movies the lack of movies at Mm -hmm. this time the uh wide variety of tv shows disney taking different directions with star wars and then just a lack of games Mm -hmm. but we're on the cusp of an excess of games we're not quite there but we're getting jedi survivor we're getting the respawn games we're getting um, the Ubisoft game. We're getting Star Wars Eclipse whenever that comes out 30 years from now. We're going to see more and more expansion of gaming. And I hope we see... I love all of the single-player games and experiences, and they're freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. When you look at Jedi Survivor and Jedi Fallen Order and the campaign for Battlefront 2, like they've always gotten better. Jedi Survivor, I'd say, is probably my favorite Star Wars game. It's definitely one of my favorite Star Wars stories. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing to see. But there's still a lack in the online game. For sure. For sure. I think we're going to see more of a push for it when, I mean, especially with this new High Republic stuff coming out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wonder if they just felt like, if like game developers were like, you know what? The well's kind of dry. We're going to be recreating the same stuff. Except it's not. When you look at, if Battlefront was run well. We could have had a Mandalorian season. Yeah. We could have had a Book of Boba Fett season. Mm-hmm. We could have had an Andor season yeah. where they have a limited time only get out, <laughs> one way out mode where yeah. you're all of the people and you're playing in like the corridors was a perfect battlefront map right then and there. You didn't have to change anything. We could have had all these experiences, but no, we get a tie in once a year at Fortnite. Mm hmm. And it's kind of sad to think about. No, it is definitely sad. There's a huge missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. Let us know your thoughts, though, on that and what you'd like to see in terms of more online multiplayer games. And I'll just finish with this. I don't want DICE to make another Battlefront. (laughs) Their Battlefront experiences, while good and very memorable, they cannot do multiple game series at the same time Mm. with Battlefield. They can't necessarily do Battlefield very well right now Mm. they're doing better they're making that game better but you need a game company that can just focus on battlefront Mm. if they're going to do something like that or just focus on whatever game it's going to be so i think that's what we need right now yeah i definitely feel like (sighs) the people who have had these star wars games especially like the multiplayer ones and stuff Mm -hmm. like I don't know. It just seems like they, it's not their passion. Their passion is not the Star Wars. It's just, maybe this will make us some money or something. I don't know. I wouldn't say that because I've talked to a lot of the devs and they love Star Wars. It's more of like the uppers, like the people that run dice and not necessarily make the games. Mm. They're like, oh, okay, this didn't get run properly because we failed at that. But let's just make the developers pay for it. Mm. Like That's kind of the experience that I've seen from the outside. Gotcha. And some of the stories I've heard from the inside. Mm. 
But I would love to see more of that. More online games bringing in some excitement and some joy around the tie-ins. I'd love to play The Mandalorian in an online game. I'd love to play, add Calcastus to it. Add like all these crossovers mm-hmm. and then you have a lot more of those experiences of yep. like let's continue this yep let's have some fun yep where's the crossover could have been fun fun well, hopefully we get it at some point but hey thanks for watching or listening to this episode of star wars uplink we greatly appreciate it hey we'd love it if you left us a review on your favorite podcast app of choice rate us on spotify helps us out a ton as always thanks for listening And may the Force be with you.